you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Eric, how you doing today, my friend? Pretty good, Brother Shannon. How are you been? Hey, taking one day at a time with Jesus, as Granny used to say. I hear you. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) We're doing all right. Praise the Lord. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're uh, continuing the marathon tonight. We're back on our evening programs, uh, 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, most nights, Monday through Friday. And I encourage you out there to share this show with a friend, and you can just send them over to our website, OmegaManRadio.com. If they get there, uh, they'll find a couple of ways they can tune in. Well, we're excited to be back here tonight with Evangelist E.R. Hotard. Uh, Brother E.R., how are you and the family doing? We're doing pretty well. Okay. God is good. And uh, this year we have been made a pledge that we just want to see souls saved. Brother, that's a great uh, New Year's resolution. I don't hear anybody saying that. That's what we all need to be saying. That's awesome, my brother, because that's what it really does uh, all boil down to. We need to win some souls for Jesus. Well, we're going to get started tonight. Brother E.R., would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, sir. Lord, we ask you, Lord, tonight, Lord, let your word permeate everyone that listens, Lord. Lord, we thank you for everyone that's out there that's listening, Lord. And we, we, I believe that this word is for each and every one of us, me included, tonight, Lord. And, Lord, we ask you to encourage each and every one, Lord. And just do a mighty work, Lord. We are looking for and waiting for for the right, for all of the things that you've promised, Lord. We're looking for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. Brother E.R., welcome back, and the microphone is yours. Take all the time you want. Thank you, sir. Well, we're going to start in Matthew tonight. This message the Lord had given me and probably almost two weeks ago. And the title of the message is, Don't Slip. And the meaning is, there's a lot of good Christians out there that's trying to do the right thing. And then a lot of things happen, circumstances happen. And then all of a sudden you get discouraged. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to I want to encourage you to not slip, not fall, and and no matter what the circumstances are, look to Jesus. Cuz he's where your answer is at. In Matthew 26:31 says then then saith uh said Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night for it is written I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad unfortunately I believe this is a sad scripture in the Bible where uh, Jesus is given a prophecy about what's fixing to happen that he's going to be hit and he's going to be smite and then his his sheep is going to scatter but after I risen again I will go before uh, before you into Galilee Peter answered and said unto him though all men shall be offended because of thee yet will I never be offended 
Peter saying that uh, everybody else may be offended by you, by your message, Jesus, but I'm never going to be offended. I'm never going to be that one. And I truly believe that at this point, Peter believed that he would not offend Jesus at all. I believe that he meant that with all of his heart. I believe that he he walked with Jesus. He walked on the water. He heard Jesus uh, preach. He heard and teach. He, he, he seen all the miracles that Jesus done. And at this point, I believe, just like all of us, I believe he had good intentions. Sometimes good intentions not, are not good enough. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. He's saying this night you're going to deny me th- not once, not twice, but three times. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all of the disciples. And here they are. The pressure hasn't hit yet. The, 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 what's fixing to happen, the, the magnitude of the situation, they haven't felt the pressure yet. See, they're just with Jesus and they're just talking. The pressure hasn't been on yet. It's when the pressure gets on is when people slip. It's when pressure gets on is when people fall. It's not during good times. It's not just a, a, a common conversation at church that you're going to fall. It's, it's when the pressure hits. It's when, are you going to stand by what, uh, what you believe? Or are you going to stand by what you said to Jesus? Are you going to stand by that promise you make? He's making promises to Jesus that he won't be able to keep. Then come at Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Oh, let me let me skip down. I want to skip down to Matthew the twenty sixth chapter, sixty uh, sixth verse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scoot over one one page in my Bible. It's uh, in the sixty sixth verse. It says, "What think ye?" They answered and said, "He is guilty of death." Then did they uh, spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the uh, palms of their hands. So here they are, they're hitting Jesus, they're smacking him, they're spitting on him, making fun of him. They're about to make fun of him in 68. It says, saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? So here here they are, they're making fun of Jesus, they're hitting him, they're spitting on him. All of a sudden, now the pressure's on. The pressure wasn't on before, but the pressure's on now. Now Peter sat without in, uh, without in, the, in the palace. And the damsel came unto him, saying, That also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Here he is, he's starting to deny. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, that, uh, that I was with Jesus or know, uh, know about Jesus. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid said to him, saw him and said unto them that were there this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth and again he denied with with an oath i do not know the man now he's denied him twice he's saying i not that i've never heard of him or just i don't know that man when he knew him better than just about anyone so and again he denied with the oath and and uh 
I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said, Peter, surely thou also art one of them. And thy speech bewayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crow. What's amazing about this is one of the things he did to separate him from Jesus was not just deny him, but his, his mouth began to change. The things he was talking about. Or how he spoke changed. Now he was. It's the, the scripture says he uh, began to curse and to swear. So now he's there's a separation of the by the way he talked. So he didn't. If he would have talked the way he normally talked, he he would have been. Uh, he said, "See, you was with Jesus." But now he's now he's speaking like the world. He's speaking like everybody else. He's speaking like anybody else on the street that wasn't following Jesus. And now he's swearing and saying, "I don't know the man." But listen, what as the it, and that immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus. Which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. I know there is times in our life where the pressure gets hard. The pressure gets tough. The easy thing to do is just to run away from the thing that you know which you should stand on. Bible says Jesus is the rock. He is that rock that you can stand on. No matter what comes your way, then what kind of what waves come your way, what troubles may come your way, what pressure may, people may put on you, for Jesus is the rock. Continue to stand with him. Continue to stand with the Lord. Because it's easy to waver. It's easy when things are going hard and going tough and saying, Lord, where are you? And you don't know, and you haven't felt the Lord in a while. And all of a sudden, it's easy to start blaming the Lord. See, his sheep was scattered. These are the, these are the disciples that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, stayed with Jesus, prayed with him. And they fell. We have to be so self-conscious and of, of where we're at and saying, Lord, no matter what, it, what comes my way, I've got to stay in your word. I've got to stay on my knees. I've got to stay and, and pray and seek your face no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what it looks like. See, there's a lot of ministers that, let, that, that Brother Shannon has on this program. I want to read you, and I know you know this scripture. I'm not telling you something you don't know. Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing. We can do all the things right, but sometimes we can get weary with all the things we're doing and striving and we're, we're, we're praying, we're seeking God, we're, we're, we're witnessing, the, we're preaching, we're praying for people, we're, we're spending so much time with other people and, you know, doing God's work. But on all of that, we can get weary in well-doing. 
We can get weary in giving in, in giving. We can get weary in because a lot of pastors and preachers we're on the phone a lot with people, counseling and talking and praying with people. We can we get weary in well doing because the devil will come in and try to destroy you. But in this scripture it says, after that it says, for in due season, hallelujah, in due season we shall reap. But it is a clause in there, if we faint not. We're going to reap the rewards of what Jesus has for us. We're going to reap the rewards for, for all the things that we're going through and all the troubles that, that it seems like we're, there's always, there's always a, a roadblock in our way. And it's all, it's always a fight. It's always a struggle. But don't give up. Don't get weary in well doing. But in everything that you do, pray, seek God, keep fasting. And keep the faith. What bothered me so much is the disciples. There's there's two different disciples. One is Peter that denied him. There's also uh, Julius Iscariot that sold him for 30 pieces of silver. There was two different outcomes. For one, Peter came back. Peter came back. But Julius Iscariot didn't. He killed himself. Don't let being weary and well-doing or when the pressure gets tough destroy you. For there's so much, there's a work that needs to be done. There's a revival, I believe, that's coming and we're starting to see signs of it all over America. But it's not in every church yet and it's not everywhere yet. So we can we can say, Lord, I want this move of God, and we can do everything we think that we should do. We think we're going through the Bible and searching the scriptures and saying, Lord, I want to do whatever it is that you uh, you want me to do, and we're trying everything we can, but we can get weary and well doing. But I want to encourage you that if we in due season, there's a season coming. If you just stay the course, there's a season coming. That we shall reap. We always say that scripture. You reap what you sow. In almost like a negative context. But you also reap what you sow. The good things that you've sown. The good things that you've done. You reap what you, the, the good things that's come out of your mouth. It's not always a, uh, in a negative connotation. But here it is. It's saying if we're in due season. We shall reap if we faint not. Let's not faint. Let's be be. Uh, let's stay stay with the Lord. Stay strong in the Lord. In James, the third chapter, eleventh verse, it says. And here, I want to go back to what Peter did. The way he separated himself from Jesus. It said he began to swear. Our mouth is one of the first things to start going, whenever we start to slip. One, it is our faith will start to slip, then our mouth will start to slip. For out of your mouth comes a life or death is in the power of the tongue. So don't let it sl- the mouth slip. It says, doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either of vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water. 
and fresh. We can't have a, a holy mouth and then when we start to slip, your mouth will begin to slip. You'll start saying things that, that is not in, in your normal character. And if you find yourself in that position, it's time to get back on your knees and get before the Lord and start seeking his face. I want to move down to, I want to read some more scriptures in Matthew. Let's go back to Matthew. Let's see. Let's see where I want to read. Let's go to 40. I believe it's in 40. And he cometh unto the disciples and find them asleep. Said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye may uh, enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We, that's what I'm talking about, good intentions. We have a lot of good intentions, but our flesh can get the best of us if we're not careful. 42 says, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And I, I love to highlight the words, thy will be done. Because it's God's will. It's not our will. It's the, it wasn't uh, Jesus' will, but it was the Father's will. And he came and found them uh, asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he, let them, uh, and he left them and went away again. I want to stop right here. Because I believe that we're, we have a lot of people in the church today. And this is even in my church. That the Lord... Is wanting us to start doing some sacrifice and start getting some prayer time. Start praying in the middle of the night. But we're too busy sleeping. The church is fast asleep. We'll never have a move of God if we don't start praying and fasting and seeking God. Even not only in the, the opportune hours, but the hours in the middle of the night when nobody else sees that you're praying. God will start waking you up in the middle of the night to start praying. If you wonder why you keep waking up in the middle of the night, start praying. God may be trying to wake you up. He's trying to wake up the church. If we got churches that's still sleeping, it's because we've been falling asleep. And when the, when the Lord said it, it's time to get up and pray. That's what he was telling Peter. Let's go back to what he told Peter. What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray that we don't fall into temptation. Temptation, I'm going to tell you, if you if you want to if you want to start seeing the move of God, it's time that we start getting serious. And I talk about and I've had a I've had to talk to a few people that I go to church with about what I mean by revival. What I mean by revival is to revive the saints that's already there. And for one, to start reviving them into the place God wants them to be. Too many of us are sleeping when we're supposed to be praying. We're feasting when we should be fasting. We're off doing all of our own things and fleshly desires when we're not doing the desires of God. 
But what we do, and when we, and what, as we get the, the the saints that's there filled and get their get their vessels filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire, then the heart the Lord will give you a heart for the lost. I've been in so many churches that I see the lost come in. That they're turned away because they look different. They're turned away because they may look dirty. They may be turned away because they're because they come in looking like the world. But we've got to have a heart for the lost. And I'm not I'm just saying that we need to have a heart for the lost so that we can preach the word of God and show them the love of God and have a heart for the lost. I don't believe there's ever been a revival that's uh, that's had without winning the lost. And I don't know where I'm going with this uh, why I'm going in this direction but I feel like I, the Lord wants me to speak on it tonight is that it's time that we start having a fire deep down inside of our bones that it, that we want to te- uh, preach to the lost. We've been in the walls too long. We've been in the church too long. We see the same people every week, but we don't go out and witness and, and, and talk to people about the Lord. The gospel means good news. The world will make it seem like bad news. The world will make it look like, oh, you, it's just a bunch of rules. I'm going to tell you what, if you fall in love with Jesus... You'll do whatever it takes to please him. You'll do whatever it takes to please the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You'll do whatever it takes to please him because you love him. So many people claim to be Christians, but they don't love so many people love to claim to be Christians and men and women of God, but we don't see the love. When you start having a heart for the lost, you'll stop looking at that drug addict on the street and look at him as a bum, and you realize that that's somebody's daughter, that's a soul that God wants to save, deliver, and, and, get, and cast them, devil, them, them demons out of him or her. And get them released from that addiction. Released from the alcohol. We start looking at things different when we start loving those that are lost. Loving the liar. Loving the fornicators. Not loving their sin, but loving them as as people that need the cross of Christ. That needs the one that died on the tree for us. That bled. And they need their they need their garment washed in the blood of the Lamb. So many people are looking for things and in, in pleasures of this world. Or looking at it looking for, for happiness in the bottom of a bottle. Looking for happiness while they shoot their arms with all these drugs. 
There's people out there that don't know where to turn, that they're cutting themselves. The devil's telling them to just cut themselves and just cut themselves and then you're, you're not worth anything. But God made them and he still wants them. Oh, Lord, give us a heart for the lost. Give us a heart for the ones that, that, that society has kicked to the curb. Lord, give us a heart for the ones that's not wanted. Give us a heart for the ones that the devil lies to him and said their life is worthless. The ones that's tortured by anxiety and depression and the suicide spirits. The spirit of fear. Lord, give us a heart for the lost. Some people are so lonely. But I know the Lord said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll stick closer than a brother. I've got seven brothers. I'm very close to my brothers. But Jesus sticks closer than a brother. Lord, give us a heart for the lost. I think I'm done tonight, Brother Shannon. Hey, this is a powerful word tonight. Praise the Lord. We're live with Evangelist E.R. Hotard. Brother, what you said is straight up truth. First thing that many times slips, that, that is indicative of people slipping in their faith is the mouth. That's right. How many times do Christians use profanity? And that may have been our old nature. And you don't want to do that anymore. But then it creeps back up. It's possible, folks, to get defiled by what we watch, what we listen to. Just being in this evil world. And we have to guard our hearts and we have to guard our tongue. And... Uh, You'll see that many times. And if you or I catch ourselves doing that out there, people, it's time to check ourselves and repent and realize we need to get back to the Lord. Um, That's right. We're living in some perilous times, as we were talking about in the previous show. And, you know, I don't know exactly where we are in Bible prophecy, but I know we're, we're later than ever. Every day we're getting closer to the events of Revelation all being fulfilled and the Lord coming back one day. I think personally we probably still have some time. It may not be as soon as we think. Um, it always seems soon to us when we have a lifespan of 70 to 80 years. But, you know, God is the ancient of days. And, you know, what is a thousand days to him? Just a, a of man, it's one day to him. But nonetheless, uh, I can feel things um, in the spirit. You know, like a like a noose tightening around my neck, as we all do, our freedoms. And you know, you look around. There's some terrible thing going on in governments of the world. Some want to go to war. Others would like to make a, a peace treaty. I'm talking Russia and Ukraine right now. If anybody heard the uh, Tucker Carlson interview, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't, you should hear it. The one he did with Putin. I really think he wants to sit at the table. 
and he's tried to, but uh, clearly, in in the case of uh, some of the agreements so far, they're rebuffed, and uh, now people, you know, are clamoring for war, talking about maybe a draft coming, uh, elections coming. Will we see January without some big event breaking out in America? You know, all these things, you know, kind of weigh on my brain, and uh, you look at persecution that's on the uptick. Censorship has not uh, abetted. It's uh, it's continuing now. Platforms like YouTube and in countries like Canada, they're stifling free speech. So you can feel it, folks, the constriction going on. The, you know, darkness moving in. But in spite of all that, uh, we've been called to occupy. And we've got to uh, remain patient, keep the faith, endure till the end, not get offended. You know, and uh, as people get offended, again, uh, maybe their speech will begin to de- degrade and will begin to say things uh, that we 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 should not say. And we got to check ourselves because many are not going to make it ER till the finish line. That's right. Unfortunately, straight, that's the that's that's truth. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Few be that enter therein. Many are going to fall away. The Bible talks about a great falling away. These are lukewarm Christians. That's right. Amen. These are people that may have got offended. Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Anon with joy, they received the gospel. They came to Christ. Said the sinner's prayer. Repented of their sins, I hope. Maybe got water baptized. But when persecution began to increase... For the name of Jesus Christ, many got offended. By and by, they fell away. I don't see where many of them come back. It's not impossible. But many people fall away, never make it back. And do not allow yourself to be offended. I've dealt with these issues even recently. In my own life, I had to check myself. I said, I've watched the some things on TV I should not have watched. Find them on YouTube, find a movie, and then they maybe use, they say GD. You know what I'm saying out there. And, you know, at that point in time, if you hear that, you ought to turn that program off. And sometimes I haven't. I kept on watching. And I I said, you know, this is just wrong. I'm being defiled. You know, why do they need to curse and use profanity on these programs? It was a great movie other than couple times where they use profanity why did they do that well that's that's the nature of a fallen world folks most people making movies aren't saved and christians maybe a few but by and large they're not and we've got to guard our ears ear gate eye gate bridle our tongue as you said uh, what comes out of a man's mouth defiles him uh can good things and bad things you know proceed out of your mouth shouldn't be that way and I find myself slipping into that I had to repent I said Lord forgive me I'm sorry what's going on here got to check myself <clears throat> and we can get offended folks through the pressure being exerted on us by uh, wickedness in heavenly places but we've got to push through we've got to be quick to forgive quick to repent bridle our mouth 
It's a small member, but it can kindle a fire the Bible talks about. And uh, ask yourselves, are, are we speaking things that are defiling us? Or blessing others? You know, if you can't say anything good, just don't say anything all, as Chuck Norris used to say. He, cho- he chose, uh, so I, you know, if I can't say something good about someone, I'm just going to hold my tongue. I like what he said. But uh, we can't afford to let ourselves be offended, kind of wrapping up my micro-sermon here, because uh, offenses will come. And uh, we've got to guard ourselves, because the enemy wants us to begin to slip, backslide, get offended, get defiled, ultimately walk away from the faith, getting lukewarm, not read our word anymore, not fellowship with the body of Christ, get isolated so the enemy can pick us off. And then, you know, we become a tell-caution. Many have already slipped right into hell. They went out in a body bag. It's sad. It's a, this is a real warning out there. Submit to God. Resist the devil. The devil will flee. We better be in submission mode to the Lord Jesus Christ. Stick with Jesus till the end. Understand persecution, tribulation come to all that are in Christ Jesus. It's in the word. Nobody's exempt. America's not exempt. In fact, I think it's it's our turn for some persecution, tribulation finally in America. It's coming. The bullseye is being painted on every Christian and patriot right now. Look at what's going on with January 6th. Three years later, there are people still being hunted down for the crime of being in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Brother Shannon, that's why it's so important because of the persecution that's coming that I believe that this message is so important because we all, just like what Peter and the disciples did, they was like, no, we're going to stand with you even unto death. We're going to stand unto you. But it was when the pressure came is when when they were scattered. When the pressure got, when 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 things got tough, that's when they began to slip. And that's what we've got to avoid. Don't slip because things get tough. But still stand upon the word of God. Absolutely we do, folks. Because it's coming. And uh, it came to the disciples. And you know, they all failed the test initially. There was only one that remained. And I think it's because he may have been going to the bathroom and says he was naked. I don't understand that one. But I think he was probably using the restroom. And he came out. And uh, putting on his clothes, and he was caught off guard, and he ran. They all abandoned Christ, ultimately. And then Peter comes back around, and he gets offended when he's tagged as being from Galilee and being one of the uh, people that were with Christ. You know, he was an, he was a, a disciple, but they knew who, knew he had been with Jesus, and he denied Jesus Christ three times. The third time. He denied him. He swore profusely. He still had a problem with profanity. Go figure. He needed some deliverance. Well, ultimately he got it. And he came back around. The Lord said, you know, Satan seeks to sift you. Talking to the whole group there. And he said, Peter, you know, when you have recovered, go and strengthen your brethren. And the, the enemy went to sift them all. I believe uh, we're all going to be sifted. That's what the tribulation's about. Sifting of the saints. It's a great test to sort out 
than lukewarm. God would either you and I be hot or cold, but because we're lukewarm, if we remain there, he said he's going to spit us out of his mouth. And offenses will come. Plan on it. So what are we going to do? We're going to have to remain patient in face of persecutions, tribulations, tests, and trials. Now, I didn't mention temptation there because God doesn't tempt us. Satan will. But, you know, also the good news is with every temptation God, uh, that comes from the enemy, God will provide a way of escape. We've got to remain patient. Amen. And it says we endure till the end. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome sin and death by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, being born again. I believe that's the blood of the Lamb applying the blood of the Lamb to us, receiving Christ as Lord and Savior, and the word of our testimony. And we love not our lives unto the death. We're all going to die, folks. Even if you get raptured at the last trump, you die physically. You have to be caught up in the spirit. The the physical flesh is going to fall away. You're going to be caught up as a spirit man. I believe that's the way it works. It says the point of the man wants to die, then the judgment. So if you think you're going to escape death, you got another thing coming. There's only two that uh, that I know of that recorded that escaped death. And that was Enoch and Elijah. They were caught up in a chariot. And I can't prove this, Brother E.R., but I think that those could be two great candidates for the two prophets that come back during the tribulation period. It's interesting. I, I, believe, I believe you're right on that one. Some think it's Moses. Well... It's true that Moses was there when they went up on that mountaintop and and uh, Jesus had this transformation. But, you know, Moses died and the Lord buried him. And there was a dispute over his body, so he physically died. Now, Elijah and Enoch didn't die. And if the word of God says it's appointed a man once to die and then the judgment, it seems to me that it's possible that the reason in the book of Revelations those two guys have to die and they lay on the that's streets, right. I think, three days, three nights, something like that. That's that's correct. Is because they too got to die too. So, I, I you know, it's not a, a doctrinal issue or anything, and I could be wrong, but that's just my thinking. Point is, we're all going to die, folks. The question is, how are we going to live? And are we going to live a life uh, holy and acceptable to the Lord? Are we going to be too quick to repent when we fall and falter? Or are we going to uh, disobey the Lord like Saul? and uh, end up shipwrecked. I was reading about Saul recently, or over in 1 Samuel. He's anointed as king. In the beginning, he's given a promise. You know, you obey the Lord, God will bless your family. And you know, he could have, he could have uh, remained on the throne and Jonathan could have succeeded him. But very first command God gave him, he disobeyed it. And you know, it was interesting, he disobeyed God one time. And it was that time when he didn't smite all the Amalekites, I believe it was, everything there. God gave him specific instructions. He disobeyed. He decided to do almost all, but not everything to the letter. And then the prophet Samuel came and rebuked him and uh, said, God is going to take the throne from you. Folks, we better not push God or take his grace and mercy lightly. There's no guarantee he's going to give us a second chance. I mean, we could die before we had an opportunity to repent. If the enemy has his way. Now, yes, we can repent. And there is a space and time of mercy and grace, but how do you know? 
we're going to get more than one chance. We just don't really know. And then sadly, King Saul never repented. He may have had a little bit of remorse, but he kept making more mistakes, compounding his troubles by disobeying the Lord multiple times. The Spirit of God left him, and God sent an evil spirit to torment him. Yes, demons can work for God too. God can send them to torment people, the tormentors. He can turn us over to the tormentors. Look at the case of the uh, the king who forgave a man of a great debt. His family is about ready to be sold into slavery. He fell in the mercy of the king. The king forgave him, and then he went out. A free man, his family having been released, and he found a servant owed him a dollar, and he'd been forgiven a debt worth about a million dollars, let's say. And he had the servant thrown into jail who asked for mercy, comes back to the king. The king called him a wicked man, how could you do that to your servant when I forgive you such a great debt? And he turned him over to the tormentors. What are the tormentors? These are demons. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. If we do not forgive, God says, or Jesus said, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you. And we'll get turned over to the tormentors. These demons know how to kill, steal, and destroy folks. They're adept at torture. And King Saul, back to that story, he continued to disobey the Lord. Then got just eaten up with bitterness and jealousy and envy and rage and murder. Went on a murder spree. I read the other day that he went hunting for David and there was uh, somebody in his ranks that was up there where they had the ark reported David's whereabouts. Saul immediately went up there to get David. He was too late. David had gotten out with some showbread and Goliath's sword that he had taken from Goliath. And King Saul killed the priest there and then went over to a city of priests and slaughtered them all. I don't know how many died. Killed a whole city of priests. There was only one man, I think, that survived. And uh, then he goes to the Witch of Endor. Next thing you know, he's fallen on his sword, committed suicide, went right into hell, folks. A man that was anointed by God by the prophet Samuel as the first king of Israel. He kept disobeying the Lord. How many times do we disobey the Lord? Have I done it? I know I've done my share, ER. That's right. In First Samuel, and disobedience is rebellion. So in First Samuel fifteen twenty three it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Folks, that's For rebellion plain. is the sin of witchcraft. So that tells you how, what scale that the rebellion and disobedience that God has. God don't put up with disobedience. And if he's called you for a purpose and you continue to disobey him, it, you're going to have hell to pay. You know, I sent out Literally. an email blast recently. It was about, just say, 3,000 names. And... I wanted to alert people on this email list that I have moved over to a new system called Substack. And I'm using some software that tracked it. And it gave me some statistics overall. It said uh, only 10% of the people who got the email actually opened it up. And then of the 10% that opened it up, only 1% clicked on the link. Now, that's a right to read the mail or not. I'm just saying. 
can't force people to open up an email or re click on it. But I was just kind of st uh, thinking about those statistics. Send it out to, to the whole group. 10% opened it, 1% clicked on the link. What about God's Son sent to the whole world uh, on a salvage mission? And God sent us His Bible. We got the King James Bible in English for the English speakers out there tuning in. We've had it for hundreds of years now. The greatest translation I believe ever produced in the English language. And we've all got access to it. I wonder what the percentages are, heaven knows, of people that actually open up that Bible and read it. And of those that read it, I'm sure there's less that even obeyed the word. I wonder if the statistics are, equal, are probably about 1% that are going to read God's word on this planet Earth. We've got 8 billion people, and the Bible's in many languages now. I wonder how many people are going to actually read the word, and then of those that read it are going to do what it says. I think that's why it says, straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few be that enter therein. I don't think many people are going to make it, folks. Now, I believe there are millions that have went to heaven probably over the eons, and hey, that's great, but what percentage of that is of the billions that have been born and died? It's a very small percentage. And um, we are warned that a great falling away is coming. There's an offense coming, and it, uh, it's going to be the, the people that have called themselves Christians. They get offended. I'll say it again. We can't afford to be among their numbers and if you have been offended it's time to come back to the Lord while forgiveness Amen. may be found and he may be found ER back to you The see the devil don't need to, to take you from the church all the way out to the street and, and in the drugs all he needs to do is bring you from on fire to lukewarm and that's what it, see we, we're still comfortable when we're lukewarm but we're not on fire for the Lord no more, and the devil will just—he'll—he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, he'll, he'll put so much things in our path, and all of a sudden we got so many things going on, or keep you so busy that all of a sudden you went from on fire for the Lord to lukewarm. And we—we we all know what the Bible says about the lukewarm. The, the the Lord will spew you out of His mouth. He wants us to be hot. He wants us to be on fire for him. He wants us to be be on fire of have the Word of God just shot uh, the. Uh, have a fire shut up in our bones he wants a, us to be on fire for him so the devil like I said it you can go to church you can pay your tithes but if you're lukewarm he'll spew you out but it's time that the church gets on fire we've been having too much lukewarm it's time for the fire ER if I died tonight and had to stand for the Lord I'd have no excuse uh, maybe unlike some who have never heard the Lord until late in life or still yet need to I was born in the church. My earliest recollections are actually being in my grandfather's church parsonage, age two. I've got a daughter now who's two, and I was thinking, man, I have a memory or two. Uh, at the same age, my daughter Jemima is, and I'm looking at her. She's so young, and um, I'm sorry about that. And so that memory tells me I've been in the, the church my whole life. And I can tell you, I came to Christ at a young age. My mother was sure that we went to church and that I remember her leading us to Christ at a young age. I was saved, but I had never made a official 
uh, public confession of Christ, if you will, in front of a whole group, like I heard many people share their testimonies, until I was about 18. And I embarrassed my grandparents that Sunday morning at their church when they did an altar call Sunday morning. You know, that was when we had the most people. Lesser on Sunday night, you know, a smaller group, maybe half on Wednesday night, and the hardcore were on there for Friday night intercession. I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for years and uh, enjoyed it. But this uh, Sunday morning in particular, I just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I remember that verse. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father which is in heaven. If we'll confess him before men, he will confess us before his Father which is in heaven. And I remember people said, you know, I got saved in, you know, 19, whatever. I remember the date. And I didn't remember exactly the date, although I knew I'd received Christ. And I loved the Lord, feared God. But I didn't have a date in my calendar book, if you will. So I just said, I'm just going to get up and do that. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit just to do it. And not only was it me for me, maybe it was for somebody else. Maybe more so. But nonetheless, I got up Sunday morning and went up there and there was three of us. There was some person I didn't know. There was a drunk man who had come in off the street. <laughs> and there's myself. And I had some people kind of look at me strange. What are you, The pastor's grandson coming up to receive Christ at 18? I just felt I needed to do it. So I could say... I I can remember a date that I publicly stood up and confessed Christ before men. And uh, I was raised in the church. Had the, you know, had both grandparents, Church of God minister. I know that you're the son of a pastor too. And um, that's right. I value that. I mean, that's a great heritage. Uh, we're so blessed. We could have been born a Muslim or Hindu. Not had the same opportunity. Been tougher. And I said all that to say this. I can tell you, uh, ER, there was a time in my life that I got lukewarm and I fell away. And at the age of uh, 30, I began to live a life that was not pleasing unto the Lord. I went through a nasty divorce, got hurt, and uh, next thing you know, I'm overseas in Costa Rica 20 years ago going to a bar to look for women. And uh, I never had a problem with drugs or alcohol. Thank God my parents weren't involved in that. But um, I was involved in sexual fornication and adultery. And whatever sin you're you're involved in, none of it's good. One is as bad as the other. And God is going to hold you and I accountable. And it's a snare and it could take you right to the grave. If I had died in that six months to a year period where I lived on the dark side, in the bordellos of Costa Rica and Mexico, I would be in hell tonight with no excuse because I had fallen away. I'd gotten offended. I was not reading my Bible. I was not in church. I was not praying. I had the conviction of the Holy Spirit, but I would turn it off. And bit by bit, my heart began to get hardened and calloused and the voice of the Holy Spirit convicted me became less and less you can push it too far and be turned over to be a reprobate folks and begin to think that what you're doing is okay whereas you knew it was sin in years past but God and a praying grandmother prayed for me and she would call me and I would feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I knew that uh, 
what I was involved in was not sustainable. I didn't have enough money. One person said they paid a high price for a lot of a lot of low living. Yes, I did. And I could have died and went into hell at any moment. There were some close calls. One night I was almost uh, held up by two bandits. Uh, when I was down in the red light district of San Jose, Costa Rica, 20 years ago, and a friend of mine, Dennis, said in Spanish, Correr, cha. He told me to run now. Two guys were getting ready to hold us up. I could have been killed right there. Went right into hell. And I'd had no excuse. Both my grandparents were Church of God ministers. My father was had an exhorter license and preached at 16. I knew the truth. But I was in rebellion to the word of God, which has the sin of witchcraft. My heart was becoming hardened because of sin. I was not repenting. And I was being tormented by demons. I just have to say, thank you, Jesus, that my grandmother didn't give up on me in prayer. And I got to the point where I got convicted so bad, I said, I'm at the crossroads. I can't do this anymore. And I decided not to go out, and I stayed home for two weeks. And I still make a few more mistakes, but ultimately within months, I repented. And I said, I can't live this way anymore. I said, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And I surrendered my life back to the Lord. I came back out of a lukewarm, backslidden state. It was a miracle, because many don't. I confessed my sins, 1 John 1, 9, and he was faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And he'll do the same for you. But don't tarry if there's something in your life tonight that you know is not pleasing to the Lord. Or if you're feeling lukewarm tonight, if you're feeling kind of dull in the spirit and you're losing your grip on Jesus, you need to come back and grab on him tightly. Because he said he'll never lead to forsake us. He never rejects us. It's us that reject him and go our own way. And there's a time coming where the enemy is going to pull out all stops in closing to try to get you and I to tap out, deny Christ, reject him and his word, try to save our own life. And uh, many are going to fall away into perdition and end up same place Judas is in a place of torment right now. Don't let that be you or me. It's time to get hot for Jesus, not lukewarm. That's the only way we're going to make it. And we're going to have to stay in the Word of God, renew our mind, excuse me, to build up our faith. That's one of the first signs that you're falling away is you're not in the Word anymore. And you can't, let me say this as a final question. ER, can a person survive what is coming uh, without the Word of God? Will a person make it very long if they're not reading God's Word? Absolutely not. I would like you to pray for people tonight, wherever the Lord leads you in the minutes remaining. Uh, give an altar call and whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, you've given me this message for a reason, Lord. For you, Lord, you've given me this message for pastors, for preachers, evangelists, Lord. You, you've given me this message for teachers, for just a common Christian that's just trying to serve you, Lord. There, there's a reason why you had me preach this tonight, Lord. Lord, there's people out there that's weary, Lord. They're doing all the things that they think they should do, and they're getting weary, Lord. Lord, we ask you to encourage them tonight, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to set, set your people on fire tonight in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, set them on a blaze with the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and with fire. For, Lord, we need that fire. We need that burning, Lord. As the pressure gets tougher, as the pressure gets harder, Lord. Lord, as 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 the, the governments uh, go against us, Lord, we're going to need to stand with each other and be on fire for you, Lord. Sink or swim, live or die, Lord, we want to stand with you. And, Lord, I ask you to encourage each and every one here tonight. The one that's going through so much, that feels like there's so much on their plate, Lord, and they're still trying to serve you and preach your word, Lord, I ask you to encourage them tonight. Lord, and even the one that's discouraged, Lord, may have lost their job, having financial problems, Lord. I ask you to to, uh, to move on their situation, Lord. Lord, we ask you, and we thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. And we thank you for the little things, Lord. We thank you for the big things, but Lord, we thank you for being there with us that sticks closer than a brother. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Powerful word tonight. Again, uh, we're live with Evangelist E.R. Hotard. My friend, I love and appreciate you, and you brought a powerful word tonight. It even convicted me. And we need to get God bless you, brother. How can people contact you and reach your ministry my friend and support your work go to uh mostly on facebook or youtube at er hotard ministries or uh er hotard ministries on facebook uh, i usually try to post there or even on our uh you you can see me preach a lot on our, our uh our church page which is Full Gospel Lighthouse. It's Full Gospel Lighthouse, and you can see me preach on there as well. Also, if if email me, uh, well, just send me a message on Facebook if you'd like for me to come preach for you as well, because I uh, I've got I've got day uh thing uh, I've got sl- slots available for this year that I want to get filled. Uh, I'm. I'll be going back to Ohio this year, back to Louisiana, of course, here in Texas. But uh, there's other places that I, w- I would love to go. And if the Lord lays it on your heart, send me a message through through Facebook. Brother, but I ER, appreciate all that you do, uh, Brother Shannon. Hey, my friend, it's an honor to work with you. I want you to look at your schedule and uh, tell me if you got Thursday the 29th at 8 p.m. your time available. And if not, I'll find you another slot. See if you got any slots for me. Um, last week, this month, let's get you back on again to preach. I'll send you a message. Yeah. Sounds, Sounds good. good. I, I, I'm available. Okay, let's do it. I'll talk to you soon, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. <clears throat> Friends, we're going to set up for the next program. Let me save this message. we got two more great programs to, to come up 